Hackers, the modern day criminal. My name is Jack and I'm glued to a good cybercrime story. Just listen to some of these guys. I accidentally robbed the wrong bank the last time I was in Beirut. The first time you steal a billion dollars, it's a bit of a rush. After you've kind of done this so many times, it's almost expected. Want to hear the rest of their stories and other true stories from the dark side of the internet? Go listen to the podcast, Darknet Diaries. The most important part of, you know, I think the work that we do is how do you ensure that air pollution becomes everybody's problem? Right. Air pollution is not a problem for the rich. It's not a problem for the poor. Unlike, you know, uh, clean water where, you know, you can just purify the water that you're drinking through an RO machine that is installed in your house. You cannot purify the air that you're breathing every minute, every hour. You know, unless you were to contain yourself to a room that is, you know, connected up to the best in uh, class uh, air purifier. Air quality is the great leveler. That's the one thing that, you know, a poor person also needs as much as a rich person does. So with that short brief from today's show, I welcome you to yet another episode of the Mission Junior podcast. I'm your host, Girish Shivakumar. And if this is the first time you're tuning in, I would highly encourage you to subscribe to the podcast. The podcast is now available on all major platforms for Android and Apple devices. According to the World Health Organization, air pollution accounts for over 7 million deaths annually. And in India, air pollution causes over a million deaths in a year. The reason I'm bringing this up is because air pollution peaks during the post-monsoon months in India, especially the national capital New Delhi, is in the global news, especially during this time of the year. So will this change this time around? Today's guest is someone who I have followed for a long time through his work in the power sector. In the last couple of years, he has spent significant time in researching the why, what, how of air pollution, especially in India and the national capital region of Delhi, where he is also based. The poor air quality in Delhi not only affects him but also his young daughter and hence he is extra motivated to have a positive impact through his work in the space. So without further delay, join me in welcoming today's guest, Karthik Ganesan. Hi Girish, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. So for the listeners who are listening to you for the first time, can you give us a brief background? So I'm currently a research fellow at the Council on Energy, Environment and Water, CEEW. Uh, we are a not-for-profit uh, policy research organization based here in New Delhi. I've been with them for uh, close to now almost you know seven and a half years. Uh, this is sort of the place where I've learned uh, anything that I know about public policy. Uh, my research interests include you know uh, power sector, air pollution increasingly, and also... Uh, uh, industrial activity in the country and understanding how we can make a transition to low carbon manufacturing. That's a good start uh, to give us a brief uh, background of what you have done so far at CEW. The reason but I got you on the podcast is to talk about your favorite topic in recent years, air pollution. So what's the background of this study, uh, the research that you have undertaken in the last few years? Well, you know, the air pollution work at CEW itself, you know, is probably uh, one of the more, one of the younger ones. It's one of the younger streams of work that we do. But, you know, I'd say the first thing that we attempted to do really was when, you know, uh, Delhi was called this gas chamber, you know, back in uh, 2015, right? And by the Supreme Court, right? It's not the average person calling it. And, uh, you know, and the Delhi government as a quick response, you know, came up with this 
odd even scheme you know in uh, january 2016 and we said hey let's try and understand you know what role does you know transport play and that's when you know and that back then data also was not as prominent as it is today uh, so we decided you know let's let's get hold of a few uh, you know portable um, air pollution monitoring devices low cost sensors as they call as we are called right now and uh, install them in a bunch of places where we feel that transport has a reasonably big role to play and we did that you know and then we came out with this estimation that okay you know actually there wasn't really much of an impact on air pollution itself we also did traffic monitoring around that time in that study and we found that traffic went down uh, visibly i mean that was kind of obvious but we just wanted to ensure that you know at least let's say the enforcement was uh, reasonably uh, good traffic went down but air pollution not noticeably so uh, other researchers will disagree and they say that it actually has gone down depends on what you're comparing it against but in any case the method that we use suggested that it hasn't gone down uh, but over the years you know air pollution is a problem that impacts every one of us and you know as a researcher who was at that point in time focusing on power energy sector broadly right my continued survival in the city of delhi depended on me understanding and being able to help solve this problem because otherwise it becomes a hassle for you on a daily basis so that's really how i think i got into the business of you know working on air pollution you know and slowly then we've built up a team as well and now our work straddles you know not just you know delhi's air pollution i think we're interested in addressing air pollution uh, pan india in many parts of the country that's a good background and a good summary of what happened since 2015 when the when delhi was really in the global news for its poor air quality why do you think delhi tends to choke during october to december i mean people have different reasons diwali is obviously one of them but uh, what are your findings uh, of course delhi you would probably say that uh, delhi is usually choked throughout the year but uh, it tends to peak during october to december right and that's when the it gets on the global media correct correct so i mean um, that's this is you know what uh, you know as an as an informed researcher yourself girish right uh, uh, you know your own perception is that you know a delhi for example chokes in october to december and as you rightly say you know it's all relative it's all relative you know delhi barely has any good air quality days right so the simple mat- the simple fact is we've normalized high levels of pollution in the city of delhi and in other parts of the country people are not even aware of what they're breathing so we've normalized whatever we're breathing right uh, it doesn't matter in delhi when the air quality uh, aqi comes down to 150 we are all celebrating right uh, <laughs> and you know and we're like oh this is the day we've got to go out so really for much of the year it's so bad that you know i'm not sure whether we should uh, you know make october and december look uh, particularly bad but that said uh, the science does say that it is cumulative so the the worse it is the more that you're breathing in of worse air worse air and as a result it all adds up so to that extent yes october to december does present a particularly bad challenge uh, to the extent that you know it impacts you know it's it makes it sort of even for people who are reasonably healthy you might have acute incidents of you know air pollution related ailments and now getting to the reasons of why it is the case i mean i think there are a few things you know that are of course you know geography has a lot uh, you know a lot uh, of role to play in this uh, delhi being you know where it is situated in the country landlocked you know no abating influence of a coast there is the, what happens you know as the winter sort of progresses is uh, this thing called temperature inversion happens wherein you know a layer of warm air sits on top of uh, you know colder layer of air uh, at a reasonably you know high level in the atmosphere within the troposphere of course and that then prevents the further movement and mixing of air pollution with the larger you know sort of uh, 
you know air volumes that are present in the troposphere as a result everything kind of gets trapped in this uh, you know in this uh, you know within this mixing height now the, you can actually if you're going in an aircraft right uh, in the winters right and you just sort of as you're landing in delhi you know about to land rather you will, if you peer out you will see that there will be this gray thick cloud right and then above that gray layer will be like you know all blue and nice right you'll be like hey what are people talking about air pollution so basically everything below that is where you know the air pollution is completely trapped so the temperature inversion and the low mixing height level plays a significant role so meteorology plays a significant role in delhi becoming what it does but that said you know this is not unique to india right many cold countries have uh, this challenge you know uh, and they well they fix it and they abate it right and they abate the anthropogenic sources now in addition to the in addition to this you know this temperature inversion right which is again a seasonal affair delhi also happens to be close to a you know like a desert uh, which means that and also you know you don't have to be just next to it but even if you know you're in the regional vicinity right you have uh, sand and uh, dust being carried all over from all, all the way from central asia right the deserts in uh, in central asia come through here and uh, of course the you know the, the sand from uh, the rajasthan rajasthan also makes its way here so that adds kind of to the background levels of air pollution that you already have so let's assume that even you know if we were to just stop all anthropogenic activity and emission you will still find that there is some level of pollution but a lot of that is pm10 right a lot of the natural dust and the the thing is pm10 pm2.5 is a smaller fraction in those you know in those sources the big challenge really is particulate matter 2.5 pm2.5 which is finer than or rather smaller than 2.5 microns you know which is many times thinner than the average you know strand of hair and uh, that you know can just you know nothing in nothing in your body you know in your physiology can ha- help prevent that from getting deep into your lungs and getting embedded right because you know your nasal Correct. hair and all of that stuff doesn't work against it right or the only way that you can work that is air purif- you know filters that you have uh, you know a, you know attached close to your nose right or you know masks as they you know as a lot of people use them and the other sources of pm2.5 the big sources of pm2.5 really are you know i guess there are a few but i think uh, to keep it simple you have industrial uh, emissions you've got uh, transport mm. related emissions uh, you've got waste burning right that's a significant uh, component as well and you've got uh, you know right. thermal power plants you know if you can look at them as a slightly different category right and you've got you know road dust as i said but road dust is a much smaller source of uh, you know um, air pollution it's pm2.5 itself but nevertheless it is important because pm10 also is a significant irritant you will see that aqi the concept of aqi that was defined is actually sort of where you know if any particular pollutant exceeds uh, the threshold that is set for it that will become the pollutant that determines what the aqi for that day is so for i would say 95% of the days in delhi or maybe 90% of the days pm2.5 is typically that threshold pollutant whereas on those really odd days especially when you know delhi is going through this high winds right uh, the loo or maybe even in uh, you know just post the rainy season even in, like recently like uh, maybe last week excessive winds that sort of really tends to uh, you know bring up a lot of you know dust right their pm10 might become the determining uh, pollutant so the aqi is determined or driven so to say by what the level of pm10 is and not necessarily pm2.5 so that was kind of like a long winded answer to cover the concept of maybe what is pm2.5 pm10 and the sources for delhi itself that's a pretty good answer as well uh, for anyone who's listening to that probably will understand a lot more than what they can actually read from papers and uh, get to know by themselves and in fact the other thing that you mentioned like the thin layer of light that you can see when you're landing in close to delhi yeah 
that strikes me quite openly as well whenever i land in delhi and i can clearly see that uh, differential mm-hmm. now go- going back to your research you briefly mentioned about the data points that you tracked for measuring delhi's air quality so what are your major findings from say delhi's emission inventory what did you find right and what was wrong so i mean i think this is less about uh, you know i guess what is right or wrong i mean uh, you know in it's very strange first of all that in a country like india there is no you know uh, accepted you know emissions inventory whether it's for the national level or for you know subnational levels like you know states and cities within states and or regions you know within states right so you know indians you know as it is are very argumentative as you know and uh, if you Correct. if you put a, if you further sort of you know add to the uh, add to that by saying that there is no accepted number then you'll have everybody coming up with their own right uh, of True. course there are groups that are out there that do some really fantastic work that you know that are very credible you know i can take the example of urban emissions and a good collaborator of ours sharad guttikunda right uh, there's iit kanpur uh, for that for instance and even i mean and only recently has you know the ministry of earth sciences actually gotten into it right there's this place called uh, uh, iitm which is the indian institute of tropical meteorology that is based out of pune they are also like a you know increasingly becoming a big player because they have now come up with an emissions uh, uh, and uh, air quality forecasting system right uh, which sharath incidentally has been running for almost uh, i think at least two years now uh, maybe longer uh but nevertheless the you know the ministry is formally come in now the reason i talk about these entities is you know delhi of course has been like you know the favorite for a lot of agencies right cpcb you know neeri exactly uh, all of them which so because you know one of course is the capital territory so obviously you want to manage air pollution and the media around it uh, but it's also because it's quite polluted right and it's where the monitoring is the most significant as well and they've had inventories over the period of time so there's been an inventorization exercise Uh, or a study that came out in 2010 from cpcb but it captured inventory for 2007 right i they can't put it a study as recently as 2016 but their inventory was for 2013 14 terry did a study in 2018 that was for 2016 and of course then you have sharath and safar both of whom safar is the system that uh, iit m pune has put in and that was for 2018 so by and large we see that you know all of them document and capture this diversity in you know delhi's emission sources right which means that uh, you know they do all suggest that you know it's not just a question of one single source uh, many different sources have a role to play uh, in terms of where you know delhi gets its air pollution from uh, but the f- challenge is that there is a broad variation uh, you know the range of variation so to say between them for various individual sources is quite significant uh, and Correct. this is a problem this is a problem because you know among like the premier researchers in the space there is not entirely agreement about how, to the the extent to which each of them contribute so uh, for example right suffer for example suggests that you know has a very high suffer and both terry for that matter have a very high uh, share of you know pm 2.5 coming from transportation mm-hmm. right okay. uh, uh, whereas you know for example sharat right has a significant share coming from industries which you don't see in the terry inventory suffer kind of captures it but uh, to a lesser extent suffer exercise for example was done you know over a very short period of time wherein they did not capture uh, you know emissions coming from other sources right uh, so for example uh, waste and biomass burning is not really part of the suffer uh, uh, you know inventory in a very clear manner you know uh, whenever government of india you know does not uh, have the ability to classify something they'll call it other 
right now other can be anything True. under the sky right uh, whereas you know as you know as, as researchers you know we are always like you know no i want to ensure that other and all that is as minimal as possible let's try and attribute everything Correct. to some source or the other so i think there is a la- there is consistency in that in among them in saying that okay it's a multi pronged uh, problem there are multiple sources it's not you know any nothing really uh, there's no silver bullet that's what you know you can conclude by looking at all of them uh, but what you can't quite say is you know what is the extent of the problem uh, and i'll and i'll sort of end this part with one statement which is that we have talked about only emissions inventory and that's what we largely mm-hmm. focused on as you know emissions yeah. inventory is the starting point to any assessment of what the ambient uh, pollution itself is coming from because you know you could have depending on so for example you know in a particular if you look at a particular uh, domain right or an area which you're trying to study if a lot of the emission sources are let's say you know you know industrial sources which have a very high stack and they emit at a certain height right a lot of that will go away right it's not going to remain local whereas sources Correct. that are you know that are closer to the ground which get emitted there will probably tend to linger and at the end of the day are more important from a perspective of understanding what your exposure is towards so it, it it so effectively inventory is one part of it but then when you add inventory and then you add the meteorology to it right what the meet and of course at what at what height is this thing emitted you will find that the resultant uh, you know source apportionment and what source contributes to is contributing to the air pollution in delhi is a slightly different uh, thing altogether right the study that we did of course focused entirely i would say on uh, emissions inventory uh, for delhi uh, but it's a good starting point because you at least know what are the sources of pollution that exists within delhi but then the fact is what is actually polluting delhi is stuff that was generated within its boundary and things that were generated outside but got carried in correct that got carried in so i guess you understand the subtle difference between you know uh, source contribution or source apportionment and inventory share True. so it's, a, it's, a, it's sort of like a fine line but it's important to understand that not everything that's currently in our air is really from delhi itself and that actually is the crux of the matter in that in winters what's happening right especially now you know if you look at october deepavali is not for another 20 days or other 15 days right but uh, nevertheless you you will find that the air quality in the next two days is already going to go into the poor category right it's one yeah, part of it is because they very poor category actually i mean and it's you know and uh, one part of it is because at this point in time for the next 3 to 4 weeks the narrative is going to be dominated by what farmers in punjab are doing um, vis-a-vis the crop residue that remains after they've harvested their rice crop paddy crop and what they do and you know this has also been extensively you know discussed in many uh, you know publications we've also worked on that is that you it's very difficult to sort of get the field prepared for the next uh, sowing season which has to be done before the middle of november and the quickest way of clearing residue remaining from uh, you know rice harvest right is basically by setting the field on fire that will take care of the stubble that remains and it will also take care of the uh, you know the crop residue that was cut and you know and put away by the uh, combine harvester so the fastest way for to clear for them and in some sense the cheapest way as well is that and as a result you know and there's going to be significant you know pollutant load coming into delhi from you know a few hundred kilometers away in punjab in across all districts of punjab across many districts of haryana and also western uttar pradesh because this is when rice gets harvested and rice was as you know sown in the you know just pre monsoon and you know it grows through the monsoon period and then it's ready for harvest at at the end of the monsoon period and that's now 
As you would have heard Karthik describe the various facets of air pollution and the sources for air pollution in Delhi, you would appreciate the fact that it is tough for mitigating air pollution unless we have the right data to act. So here is the part of the conversation where we discuss the challenges in measurement and what the Indian government is doing for it. I mean, these are really valid points. I totally understand your point on uh, the data uncertainty and uh, the difficulty in classifying what's the inventory and what's the source. Just before we go to the mitigation uh, measures and what's the impact of that, one quick question on the data uncertainty. So has the government done anything to ensure that uh, the data is collected and measured in a proper structured way since in the last three to four years? the awareness is increased but what has the government done to ensure um, we can actually track data and uh, monitor them i'm sure like cew has done a lot of work in monitoring this but what is the support from the government so as you as you rightly mentioned um, you know air pollution has taken on sort of like a political color in the last uh, i would say a year right i think even un- after the ncap got announced i think now you know there is uh, some you know legal mandate to go after you know the political class to say you know what you are responsible for this and all that so to that extent i think uh, in the last year or so i would say there's more you know uptake of you know active interventions in pollution mitigation as opposed to sort of reactive which is what is happening in delhi i would say you know, between 2014 and 2018 right it was really about short term plans you know graded response action plan you know when the things get you know really bad then what do we do then uh now to your question on you know what can government do especially on the monitoring front so as i mentioned to you the inventories are there right so suffer and iit kanpur are the only sort of i, I would you can call it government uh, driven uh, studies right uh, and iit kanpur at the end of the day is an you know is an autonomous uh, research institution while they get a lot of support from government but you know there's an independent piece of research they but they published a, you know like a significant paper right or a, at least a full fledged report that gives a lot of details around how they did what they did whereas if you go look at the suffer uh, inventory exercise and for that matter even their you know their forecasting system right it's very unclear you know what their underlying sort of conditions are what is the inventory arising from various sources right uh, they giving you a forecast True. i mean and they talk about collaboration with you know with agencies like ncar in the usa and multiple research organizations you know i think they also have a finnish collaboration but at the end of the day uh, you know it's very unclear what their emissions inventory actually is and i think the most important thing is this all said and done while there might be private actors like you know sharath or terry for that matter right who are also trying to kind of kind of create their own inventory the reach of the government when it comes to being able to you know collect data on various sources of pollution is unparalleled right uh, they have uh, they have an eye and a, and so to say you know regulatory control over so many sectors and so many emitters right if imagine if they came together with the capacity that private sector provides for analysis and for you know insights right to actually create like a concrete inventory database right that can then be commonly used by all researchers right who are interested in forecasting who are interested in addressing you know whatever nuance that they they want to go after right there are some groups that will say i want to go after aerosols some groups will say i want to go after ozone after free radicals you know what not all of that stuff can happen but let's all get consensus on who is emitting now today hegemony is defined by who has access to data i am which is a very sad state of affairs because you know that's not where the real meat is the real meat is lies in your ability to convert that data into real good insights and for that capacity exists with multiple people 
you know but if that data is not made available and unfortunately the sad truth is at least when it comes to emissions inventory there is no real data that's available in the public domain at the levels at which it is needed right uh, people like you know sharad for example for whom it's his you know i would say day is bread and butter shares some sort of you know uh, insights uh, but then again you, the moment you know you open up your inventory in full for you know for all kind of dissection then you have to answer tons of questions around oh why did you assume that because at the end of the day inventory is really about a lot of assumptions as well you cannot know with certainty right how many cars plied on the road on a particular day and how many liters of fuel did they guzzle right they are all based on some assumptions around you know typical you know vehicle usage you know typical you know efficiency right maintenance practices all of that now the moment when you put up an inventory which you know is done by one group right hmm. uh, yes of course some of them are in peer reviewed literature but nobody's really gone and dissected you know each and every aspect of the inventory which is why you know i think it's important for a lot of gr- groups to come together and possibly government being the agency that's kind of driving this collaboration to come up with this you know unbiased and you know and sort of uh, you know universally acknowledged inventory now the one thing that the government does have currently under its control are these monitoring stations right uh, there are about 37 or 38 in uh, in delhi and uh, which is the highest you know i mean delhi has almost i think 38 out of the 200 that are currently there in the country so given that uh, give that data from all of those monitors is something that is very crucial because that data is really what allows you to then go you know look at okay what is a modeled concentration across delhi because typically these models can give you you know concentration at re- relatively good resolution depending on how your model is set up and then you know you can choose to say okay uh, this particular monitor that is here you know is in this is in this area and if i average my model concentration across you know uh, some sort of like a boundary around this uh, particular monitor i could say that oh is my value matching with this particular monitor so it will be very good to have that monitor data as a way of checking whether your model is first of all you know reasonably estimating uh, in you know uh, emissions uh, at a particular point or, a, or over a small region reasonably accurately now this data itself for example cpcb and dpcc do not make available in the most granular level as possible the data is available uh, every 15 minutes from many of these caa qms continuous air quality monitoring stations but what is made available publicly is a 24 hour average look at there is a world of difference between a 15 minute uh, data and 24 hour average data 24 hour average is good enough for you know policy decision making all of that but when you want to combine it with because meteorology changes in the you know at the drop of a hat and you want to be able to capture whether your model has been set up well enough to capture this variation right activity changes over the course of the day to do all those checks you need that data now that data should be made available public it is collected using public money and there's no reason why it should not be if anything the reason why it's not being made available is because you know they have to then answer and respond to a whole bunch of questions if people start you know looking at that data with a fine tooth comb you will find that there are many issues with some of these monitoring stations because they they never ever get maintained properly correct there are issues of calibration in some of these devices so you know to sort of i think make it easier for everybody for at least you know for the people the regulators this data is not being made available and i think this needs to happen we have increasingly felt that you know i think cpcb and you know ministry of uh, moefcc have you know become warmer you know and have started you know sort of uh, realizing that this data is important to be made available and i think the effort is underway but you know it's it's a fairly easy task if you set your mind to it and i think that is something that needs to happen from government because private sector cannot replace the government when it comes to the level of monitoring that can actually be put correct up. 
uh, each of these devices costs anywhere between you know i guess one and a half to two crores maybe, maybe it's lesser now i mean i'm quoting from my memory again but that said somebody you know is computed saying that you know india requires about 4000 of these yeah <laughs> to really cover the you know the geography entirely right we have 200 now is it possible for the private sector to put in the kind of money no now it also seems like you know the government doesn't have the money i mean one can argue you know different ways you know the the cost that you incur in this is nothing compared to the benefit that will reveal but all of that benefit will come only when you share that data publicly and allow people to make decisions based on that if that is not public then there's very little that is actually happening right so that i think is kind of where the situation is when it comes to what the role of government in this is yeah that's a good picture about where we stand in terms of data for i'm sure like most of the listeners who are listening to this argument will probably agree because what can't be monitored and measured can never be acted upon so monitoring and measuring of data is like correct very crucial especially in this field on talking of data i had a recent experience where hackers the modern day criminal my name is jack and i'm glued to a good cybercrime story just listen to some of these guys i accidentally robbed the wrong bank the last time i was in beirut the first time you steal a billion dollars it's a bit of a rush after you've kind of done this so many times it's almost expected want to hear the rest of their stories and other true stories from the dark side of the internet go listen to the podcast darknet diaries someone told me that government is very open with data these days especially and this person was from the auto sector so he told me government is willing to share data data about uh, all the vehicles registered and what is their age and every data but they are asking a premium for it so that's the other side of things i'm sure like government will want to give data but uh, they also look at it as a way of making money so hopefully that's not the case in when they give the data from air quality stations so uh, before before i get into the national clean air program uh, i'm sure like most of them people especially people outside of india would probably be very keen to hear this are the recent mitigation measures really helped curb the pollution impacts in delhi right so i mean it's too hard it's too too early to tell right it's too early to tell primarily because you know the national clean air plan itself you know was put in place on the 10th of january or you know was announced on the 10th of january so we are within the first year and if you look at uh, if you look at a ra- the range of things that were described in the nat- you know in the national clean air plan one could argue that many of those things have actually haven't happened hmm right and in and in you know a 9 months is too short a duration to expect that change to happen in any case it is uh, intended to reduce by 20 to 30% over a 5 year period right 2024 is when they will sort of really go and do a stock take you know at the end of 2024 uh, or you know whenever so i would not comment on you know whether things have worked uh, but that said you know it's very very important to remember this unless we have a completely good handle on what's polluting delhi's air right as i said there are lots of studies there are a lot of people who do you know excellent you know forecasting but even these researchers acknowledge that far more is needed if you want to sort of really look at actionable you know uh, items but it will be very difficult for us to say whether overall air quality actually is improved because one you just did not measure enough you know 3 4 years ago the uh, the non attainment cities were actually made mm. on the basis of their emissions or sorry their their ambient air quality between the years 2011 and 2015 until 2015 delhi had only less than 10 monitors wow less than 10 so i mean uh, i probably even 6 or 7 right uh, and you can imagine where the number of monitors was pan india so they i mean i'm talking about the continuous air quality monitors but that's it there are these man- manual monitoring stations that you know that uh, 
the cpcb runs and the you know the pollution control boards run across the country right the manual monitoring station is really where you get 24 hour averages right you don't get anything real time you basically have a, you know a device where you know which is kind of got like a filter or whatever you know and then it's capturing you know it's continuously sort of taking in air and you know dumping it into the filter and the filter kind of really then is you know when you analyze the filter you understand okay how much you know of air pollution did i actually measure that day right of different kinds and you can do a whole range of things with the uh, air pollution that's been captured so to say physically on that filter and then somebody analyzes it you know and then the filter gets replaced for the next 24 hours right this is a manual monitoring station now this is what we really the entire national clean air uh, program right is based on the national monitoring program which relies on uh, you know manual monitors not on continuous monitors that have been that give you data of a much higher fidelity so that said as a result of that really you know and given that the number of monitors in delhi is really gone up over mm. time what we found right contrary to claims is that air quality is possibly worsened in the last 3 to 4 years this is what happens when you end up having i would say when neither parts so one party which has you know access to really good quality mm-hmm. data is not willing to sort of really make mm-hmm. it public and the other party which is basically researchers in you know on this side of the fence right who are trying to sort of really work with anything that they have right now when you put together the pieces you're not able to sort of back the claim that let's say delhi government is currently coming out with right a full page ads have been mm-hmm. taken out uh, in the last uh, few weeks right uh, the most recently being last week in the indian express uh, of you know how delhi's air pollution is reduced by 25% right over the last 3 years right now clearly of course i'm really glad that you know uh, both the center and the state government are you know fighting with each other to take uh, credit for this decrease but whether or not this decrease happened is the much bigger question at, at you know at stake here right and that that you can only establish unequivocally right if you have clear data that is consistent where you know that you know uh, if you for example if i were to track has it improved consistently in every location across delhi because mm-hmm. you know you've got sen- you've got these new monitors coming up all across spread across different parts of the city right you have got different quality of data coming out from each of them some of these monitors did not have data for 70% of the days in many early years the data availability has become 80% only mm-hmm. now but earlier you know given the uh, i guess the nascent the nascent uh, stage of the installations and all of that half these uh, places half these monitors were not giving you data for long you know for more than uh, you know 20 30% of the time so you really are you know kind of you know stitching together you know very uh, tenuous arguments right to say oh equality is improved you are in some sense cherry picking true you know uh, maybe i mean maybe you know if you say cherry picking that maybe sort of uh, too much of a of a casting aspersions at their intention which is not the case i'm not suggesting that they are intentionally uh, you know masking data but if you sort of just pick data that you have without understanding what the quality is then you will end up with findings that are counterintuitive and that's really what we're seeing here i mean this is not to say that you know there have not been active efforts but we just feel that given the data that is currently available out there you cannot say clearly that air quality has actually improved right um if anything You've, you've had more number of cars you know you've got uh, most of the activity that is happens within delhi is only gone up in scale yes since 2014 uh, after the deregulation of diesel we know that the number of the share of diesel cars in the sale has decreased hmm. right but that's it the number of diesel cars has only gone up the share of diesel cars in the sale has gone up, gone down True. the number of diesel cars in delhi has only gone up so if you, and emissions ultimately is cumulative right it is not about you know we are not talking about relative rise in air pollution between x year and y year we are talking about absolute increase in air pollution and 
I certainly feel as a resident of Delhi, I don't see uh, any positive sign uh, in terms of, you know, air pollution actually having changed. Uh, I mean, and I think a simple example to illustrate is this, right? Maybe the crop burning example, I think is appropriate. Hmm. 2016 saw the, you know, the highest uh, sort of, you know, um, uh, burning rates in recent uh, times, Correct. right? Because there was a massive shift towards, you know, uh, rice after the, you know, the, the, the cotton crop in 2015 failed. A lot of the farmers were, you know, left in the lurch and they said, you know what, let me just go towards something which is safe, right? And they went to rice. And as a result, you know, that that basically meant there was a lot more crops to be burned. And 2016 was terrible. True. And after that, you know, the, the numbers have been coming down. Now, if somebody takes credit for the farmer's decision to not actually cultivate rice, right? That's very perverse, right? So effectively, while the numbers will say that 2017 and 18 showed a significant decline compared to 2016 right but that the reason for that is not because you know you're suddenly you're uh, monitoring and your enforcement of uh, the the burning uh, the burning ban actually happened it's because farmers chose not to cultivate as much rice and between 2017 and 18 when there was a thousand crore that was made available there was absolutely no change in the amount of burning at least as seen from the satellites right nice so which means that all we are also of course measuring change at you know, too fast. I mean, two, one year is far too little. And I'm not suggesting that we have to wait for five years to measure. Let's measure periodically. But let's not expect change to happen, you know, in a year or, you know, 18 months time. Right? Some of these things are very, very sticky, right? Uh, our travel patterns, you know, as people who, you know, who you mean, we are all contributing to air pollution. Correct. We all use, you know, cars, Uber or Ola, whatever, right? We don't suddenly overnight become people, you know, who just espouse public transport and uh, do it for private transport altogether, right? So unless and until we ourselves can't do some of these changes overnight, we also can't expect the air quality to change overnight. There are lots of things that can happen overnight wherein, you know, you shut out the most egregious of polluters, right? You know, the worst offending industries and the, you know, the, the vehicles that are 15 years old. But those are all like, you know, one fringe in the problem. Correct. They are not really the bulk of the problem. That's a very valid argument. I mean, especially with the current state where the data clarity is not available. And um, there is, I mean, of course, uh, other reason like you mentioned about the farmer's choice to switch to rice in a particular year. And uh, you can't take that as a base year to measure decrease in pollution. Now, we will get to the other uh, parts. You briefly mentioned about the National Clean Air Program. So where do you see the National Clean Air Program taking the or rather improving the air quality in other Indian cities. I mean, Delhi is just one part of the big puzzle. Every other Indian city will probably also complain that our air quality is equally bad. So where do you see the National Clean Air Program addressing all this? I mean, I think I think the National Clean Air Plan for all its flaws is one of the better things to happen, you know, for Indian cities as a whole, right? Delhi was anyway under the scanner. But the National Clean Air Plan really brought in focus 102 more cities. And, you know, in, in August, I think uh, the NGTs actually asked for the uh, non-attainment cities list to be increased by a further 20. So a total of 122 cities would have come under the you know ambit of the National Clean Air Plan. What it has mandated is for all these cities to go back to the drawing board and come up with, you know, clean air plans for their cities. Right? Mm. The city administration or the state administration. It has asked, you know, multiple agencies to basically come together to build, you know, reliable information regarding what is actually polluting these cities, right? How do you come up with, you know, uh, solutions that are appropriate uh, to the city's problems? Now, that's the intention. 
but then again you know you you announced this on the 1st of you know on the 10th of january and by i think sometime in october or something was when the deadline was or maybe even august uh, to submit you know your clean air plans right uh, the last update i remember i think about i think about 45 50 of them have actually submitted cities like bangalore their plan was actually rejected they were so bad right that they were actually rejected in the first go it had to actually resubmit it right uh, and you also notice that many of these cities right when they come up with clean air plans especially you know there are you know maharashtra has 17 non attainment cities uh, up i think has 15 you will find that you know effectively you know it's the state pollution control board in the mm. in that state that's kind of coordinating this effort uh, or maybe the department of environment depending on you know who the nodal officer is uh, you will find that some of them are you know sort of replicas of each other you know these plans right because at the end of the day each state has its Correct. own problems each city so to say has its own problem it is very unlikely that you know city a and city b will have the exact same contribution from the exact same source of course by and large you know you have only four or five key sources so i'm not suggesting that you have to come up with a different source of air pollution but to what extent is that the problem surely will be different across many different cities because they're all in you know different catchment areas right so if you go to a certain industrialized part of the state and cities close to that will certainly feel the brunt of the you know from the emissions from the industries but do you even have a sense of how much those industries are emitting have you been using the sems data from those industries to actually monitor and track what could be the impact and the total pollutant load so you haven't done all of that over so many years right and 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 you know again just like you know uh, pollution data from you know continuous air quality monitoring stations sems data from industries is another you know uh, pandora's box uh, it is not you know even though the cpcb has endorsed it you know many people feel that you know these devices are wrongly calibrated you know they don't give you the right readings you know this is not something that i can go by so as a result we've never explored those data sources so what's now happening is cities have to go and look at all of this different data that's available to them does a city even know how much waste is generated within its periphery only when you know how much waste is generated and then you actually tabulate that against the waste that is going to your landfills mm. which hopefully is sort of you know controlled and regulated you will know how much waste remains unpicked true when you know how much waste remains unpicked you know that that is potentially getting uh, taken care of by burning because at the end of the day waste has to be you know disappear right. from the streets right it's somebody's job right so either it's rwa will do it or maybe the you know the person who's doing the cleaning up you know he'll like say okay i can't take it anywhere nobody's picking it up from here i'll set it to, i'll set it to fire so you, you for you to get a sense of how much is coming from waste burning you have to know how much waste you're generating how much are you actually collecting right and how much potentially remains on the ground true similarly when it comes to you know transport related ones i mean how many cities have the wherewithal to carry out an exercise to understand traffic you know and uh, vehicular movement i mean it requires the collaboration with suitable agencies so 102 cities or for that matter 122 cities right being asked to come up with these kinds of plans in 9 months time where the number of technical agencies that can potentially work with them are limited and finite is uh, unrealistic so one would basically expect half baked plans but that's it even a half baked plan at this point will suffice so long as we can go after the clear you know sort of you know polluters and within uh, you know within the boundary of a particular city or even you know ones who are just outside the boundary of the city itself and that requires a second order thing which is about the capacity of the pollution control boards right and the relevant agencies i mean again not everything falls on the pollution control board because they are largely responsible only for industries they are not responsible for you know uh, vehicular pollution because that's not what they were set up for true 
the department of transport needs to ensure that you know people uh, who ply their vehicles in the road get this puc thing done and those who don't get you know fined by police and uh, take appropriate action when it comes to waste related stuff it's the municipality it is not the pollution control board so better or worse everything is fallen on the pollution control board uh, when it comes to you know having to check this but at the end of the day they've got to pull together all these you know relevant departments and say you know what okay where are we at do you know how much you're contributing all, all of that takes time right that cannot happen uh, you know overnight or even over nine nine months is i think progress can be made right but again i don't think you know there's that much progress done because we work with some state you know and i think a lot of them are showing earnest interest now because air pollution is truly something that has now become part of the dinner table conversations right thanks again to a lot of the stuff that's happened in delhi and also to a lot of those groups and people who've gone out there and taken the message that air quality can significantly deteriorate your health poor air quality right and i think the ujwala program that the government ran is the best example of it and i think it was a great example where they showcased the improvements for women's health and women and child health in rural households by sh- simply shifting from you know polluting solid fuels to uh, lpg based cooking i mean and i think that definitely has spurred some interest in understanding what exactly is air pollution and you know this is something that we have to acknowledge that this is one thing that we got right and as a result there is hopefully some spillover effect where people start taking air pollution from all the other sources more seriously so karthik we had a detailed discussion on what's currently lagging in the system and uh, what is the plan by the government the national clean air plan so as a research organization what are your plans in taking the research forward your study in delhi is of course a very intense study where you compared a lot of other data points other studies that have been in this place when you go i'm sure you want to take your study to a national level so what are your plans in the air pollution space i mean a lot of our works so are being a institution that's based in new delhi and being a, in a city where you know the air quality issues have not yet been resolved clearly you know our interests are in ensuring that our immediate environment uh, you know gets clean so we started with delhi you know we started looking at you know in uh, data inconsistencies because delhi is also the place where you have a lot of data to work with but when you go step outside of delhi right i mean when you find that you know there are 120 other cities you know which uh, in the non attainment list and you've got uh, rural areas right um, there are you know, seven, six, close to 650 districts in the country i mean and all of them have uh, you know terribly poor air but unfortunately there's no information or data regarding how bad things are there so given that you know uh, there is this data challenge outside and i think what we need to do is you know address this slightly differently i think what we should not be doing one of course as uh, you know as one as our, on our own and of course i my you know what i would i think is uh, a view that's shared by many of my uh, you know collaborators and colleagues in this space is that it's not really data for data sake where we want to sort of you know make cities look you know bad right it's not to show that hey you're doing so badly and i think just by you know looking at the air in many places you know especially during winters you'll have a sense you know and looking at the you know the the quality of life that people experience right the colds and the coughs that come in you know seasonally right notwithstanding uh, flu season all of that are of course you know related to air pollution so there is already clear awareness so it's not really about you know getting that number accurate and uh you know going after cities that don't have uh, good air quality it's really about ensuring that they take this data and do something and i think there are two things that need to be done here one is first of all we need to help these agencies identify what are these blind spots that they're currently missing when it comes to you know various emission sources and that is something that requires a detailed mapping of where 
you know what is the kind of emission sources that we have for various regions of the country right yes we know the biggest you know power plants we know the biggest uh, you know steel plants and the aluminum smelters and perhaps the refineries but do we know where all the brick kilns are because brick kilns contribute a lot to deteriorating air quality primarily because they are in the lakhs or maybe in the tens of thousands i mean i might be exaggerating that they are in the lakhs but i think they are actually you know if you if you travel the landscape from you know uh, anywhere delhi you just step out of delhi and you go towards you know any other you know up cities you will find that the you the brick kiln is the most ubiquitous thing in the landscape that you will see there absolutely unregulated right and the need for bricks given that you know housing is something that you know pretty much every indian is always uh, involved in right some expansion plan somebody building a new thing there is always a demand for bricks right it's possible that large urban centers are going everywhere but small construction is still dependent on these you know crudely made bricks right which have no you know quality testing or any of that stuff so sources like i mean i'm just taking on the example of brick kilns just to highlight the point that there are many sources that cities aren't even aware of right after you know various agencies got involved you know bihar for instance has taken a serious uh, you know cognizance of the role of brick kilns in uh, deteriorating air quality for cities like patna muzaffarpur and gaya i can't say the same for you know uh, let's say a large state like uttar pradesh right where there is you know a massive effort that's underway iit kanpur is based there there are some phenomenal you know academic uh, academics who are working in these institutes that understand air quality but you know uh, i can see you know as a person who travels frequently to lucknow uh, you know and who has seen sort of the vicinity of it there is no regulation on what these brick kilns can do so we need to ensure that we are able to identify and have a mechanism by way of which we can actually act on these blind spots the second thing is monitoring and you know monitoring in by and large and in general i think you know while as i said 4000 monitors may be required to you know fill the data gap that exists in the sector right for uh, the country as a whole we know that getting 4000 devices while you know we can easily afford it as a country right 4000 crores 5000 crores easily done not a problem right yeah you know that's massive it's massive but we have a, a big budget and health should be an important part of it even if we can get there can we really ensure that all of this data will sort of be used in a streamlined manner and is that the best sort of way in which we can actually narrow down on the problems of air quality for our various cities one could argue that there are other ways of doing it right uh, you have you know for example uh, low cost monitors for example that are there you know in a big way that can be used uh, you know they can be certified they can be you know calibrated against you know reference monitors and sort of they can be fit for purpose to identify what are the areas where things are really bad you know it's not understand you know if you are really going down to the first decimal or even for instance you know whether you're wondering whether the air quality of pm 2.5 is 90 or 97 really that's not the question how do we bring it down to 50 is the question so if a if a if a low cost monitor tells you 97 or 100 whereas a reference monitor tells you 90 both of them are ballpark telling you that you are in a bad zone that you need to get much lower and for that purpose i think we can certainly use it there are you know satellites offer a phenomenal opportunity for us to be able to track many different kinds of air pollution from you know the eye in the sky we don't need to have monitors on the ground but all said all of these things combine well with good modeling techniques right there are far too you know few groups in india right for a country the size that we have right to say that you know we can we are able to sort of you know help various you know local areas understand what the air quality for them is one group sitting out of goa i'm referring to sharath right cannot cater to the needs of the country we need many such groups coming out you know that actually talk about what the missing data challenges are 
make what is available right now you know open so that such groups can take them up and more importantly how do you cultivate more such groups at least when it comes to the research and helping out you know our, our technical bodies like the pollution control boards pollution control boards haven't recruited you know in many of them right have not recruited in one or two decades there are many challenges associated with it when you don't have an agency that's kind of you know uh, uh, you know up to pace with the news developments right where the manpower is not necessarily able to tackle some of the upcoming challenges and where the purpose of the agency is not to control you know ambient air quality but to control industrial pollution you have a problem so essentially we also need to pay equal attention to how do we ensure that these agencies are also supported right by the best available information that is there right and i think that is something that we want to try and do for you know for as many states that you know we can uh, given the limited size and resources that we have at our disposal and finally i think the most important part of you know i think the work that we do is how do you ensure that air pollution becomes everybody's problem right air pollution is not a problem for the rich it's not a problem for the poor unlike you know uh, clean water where you know you can just purify the water that you are drinking uh, through an ro machine that is installed in your house you cannot purify the air that you're breathing every minute every hour you know unless you were to contain yourself to a room that is you know connected up to the best in class uh, air purifier air quality is the great leveler that's the one thing that you know a poor person also needs as much as a rich person does and a rich person can't really do too much to ensure that he you know he's completely protected from it you spend 16 hours a day outside your home so given that we need to ensure that the poor person and the rich person are both equally aware of what the impacts of this are and at the end of the day they need to understand that each one of them is a cause for the poor air quality that is around us if the poor person is responsible for burning a waste to keep themselves warm in the winters of delhi the rich person is equally responsible by taking out his suv you know for the shortest of trips uh, the rich the rich person who is engaged in the uh, industrial activity who probably is the owner of an industry needs to realize that you know air quality from Uh, at his home is very much dependent on what he is doing in his industrial unit and in equal measure the you know the guy who is you know the running the service center you know that works with you know used oil filters needs to realize that the energy that is soaked up in the oil filter while it might be useful for him uh, in his shop if he burns that the amount of you know carcinogens and pollution that is releases is harmful not just for his health but you know for the health of so many uh, hundreds and thousands of people so every one of us needs to ensure that you know we are we are doing the right things when it comes to the little bit that we are responsible in our own way for making the air around us bad uh, and i think we all need to sort of come together to sort of espouse the solutions that are available right public transport is one of them uh, simple things like for example providing you know at least in the city like delhi right winters one will ask okay crop burning is done deepavali is done so what is now causing it well you have tens of you know thousands of homeless people you have thousands of security guards who spend the night outside do we have a solution for keeping them warm except for having to burn whatever they can get their hands on unless we can work on that it's what they're going to burn is what you'll be breathing 10 seconds later right and i think this is where we have to make this everybody's problem right uh, where everybody needs to be feel empowered that you know they can do something about it it's not that you know oh this is a thing that has been created by a massive industry we don't have any rights no you have to be aware of what those rights are what the recourse that you have is complain at the appropriate agencies right find out what your way is to get the right data that is needed to make your case and there are many groups across the country that do it one that comes to mind for example is one that we work with is this hinjewadi industrial uh, 
IT resident welfare association thiruva right they based out in the outskirts of pune very very you know sort of you know vibrant community uh, you know of you know young professionals in the in the it space you know many of them are returns from overseas and all of that and not to suggest that this is a rich person's problem but well, they've realized that in the area that they live in waste burning is a massive problem right and pune as a city which is by and large you know one of the cleaner ones right has an enclave which is you know pretty you know it's a, it's a, it's a as an upmarket enclave which faces a poor equality you know for sure that they're going to throw up their arms and say this is not permissible and they have done that right they sought inputs from you know these whatever little low cost monitors that were available they accosted you know government officials to say hey the air quality here is bad and i see that every time the burning starts there it starts you know deteriorating the air that i'm breathing and they have now come together you know they have you know education campaigns in schools you know and trying limiting you know activities so that people realize that air quality is really deteriorating right and detrimental to their health right so all of these things are great you know things to happen you know when it comes to increasing the awareness around you know the impacts of air pollution and i think finally you know you need to sort of give people the belief that you know th- the change lies in the way they do things and if cities like delhi can do that you know uh, i think you know one can disagree with you know the move to make public transport free i'm not exactly a proponent of it either but if that is really the barrier in you know a lot of people using public transport you know let's at least try and see whether you know we can actually get them uh, to use public transport can we increase the number of buses in delhi if the demand for you know free public transport goes up right is that will that be incentive to increase the supply of public transport that will then allow for others also to come on board i think these are the kinds of questions that i think we should really be targeting you know and i hope that you know we make this uh, you know as much an election issue as we do you know our water supply or for that matter you know uh, the monetary you know the, the job crisis or the economic slowdown whatever it might be or national security right let's put physical personal security over national security and say that i want clean air before we go ahead and make you know national security the reason for you know for me to vote or not vote no that's very well summarized kartik uh, as a research firm you you're looking at the bigger picture you're not just looking at i need this data points to prove some point but you are having a broader purpose and you want to get a message across uh, that's a that's a very good thought and a very good approach to work towards a problem um, you just don't want to stop at research you want to see actionable action happening on ground and as you rightly said it couldn't have been better said rather that air pollution is a leveler for all it's no it's everyone's problem at the equal measure so before i let you go i am sure uh, i just have to ask you an answer for this will delhi survive the diwali pollution this time uh, i mean again it's, i think it's in the hands of the public really you know how responsible they end up being right uh, you have to realize that you know actions have consequences um well there has been i think uh, a move for this green crackers you know this is something that uh, you know we've also discussed you know in a in a you know you know in a podcast that we also have incidentally uh, just going to launch uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks uh, and we discussed the issue of you know crackers and we see that there is such a thing as a green cracker that you know that CSIR and Neeri have for example uh, uh, brought out but a lot of the manufacturers in uh, Sivagasi in Tamil Nadu are kind of unaware or out of the loop right it seems to be that this is a solution that's available to certain people who have signed ndas and stuff well, uh, with uh, csir and neeri uh, but not to everybody so i hope those green crackers make their way to delhi you know apparently they are qr coded you know and you can actually identify what the emissions level is and that you know they are about 20 to 30% lower in terms of emissions is what we are told right now 
20-30% is insignificant given the firecracker load that Delhi will experience, right? It nearly contributes to 60-70% to of the overall air pollution that you see on the day of the Bavali. So 30% reduction is not really going to help. So I and I given that you know this ban and uh, green crackers has been very ambiguous, you know, and typically you know something or the other will give way you know ten days before and say oh no so many people's jobs depend on it which it does not denying it right nearly eight lakh people have their empl- have their employment and opportunities based on the firecracker industry, but that said it is coming at a phenomenal cost. Now I my sense is that I think we are this Diwali will still probably be pretty bad. Unfortunately, it is going to come. You know, sort of uh, coincide with the burning period for uh, crop residue as well. Uh, so Delhi will certainly have to brace itself. I think on the you know the week of the twenty sixth. Uh, but I hope you know meteorology, which is ultimately the biggest sort of you know uh, trump card, right? It's the joker in the pack. If meteorology works in our favor, then nothing like it, right? It can blow it away. It will be somebody else's problem at least for you know, the period. But that said, it has the it has the biggest potential to make things better for us. At least when we know that nobody else has done their job so far, uh, and that's really what has happened all through September. If you see in Delhi, right, the cleanest September that Delhi has had, I think, in the last ten years is what it was, and that is courtesy the extended duration of the rains, the you know the uh, the prevalent wind direction, right, uh, which has been you know from I think easterly for the good part of the last week, right, which means that you know it's it's from the cleaner areas of UP and the Bihar, which has witnessed phenomenal rains. The winds are blowing, so there's not much to be carried from there. Had it been blowing westerly direction from Punjab, then we would have had you know smoke coming in already. Uh, but it's catching up, so I think the next three days are already going to be bad. You know, at least as far as the forecasts go, uh, and I don't see Diwali this year being any better than uh, last year itself. But fingers crossed, you know, a lot of things uh, can go our way, and I hope it certainly does. Well, uh, I will. take that as a positive note and hope that it goes our way and we have a better deepavali compared to the last few years kartik it's been an absolute pleasure having you having you on the podcast and discussing your research and what you plan to do in this space air pollution is definitely a a major phenomenon especially in india major cities in india and uh, it's good that you came on the show and shared your insights from your work so thanks again for taking time to be on the podcast Uh, thank you so much girish uh, i followed a few episodes on your podcast you know which are very interesting as always and i'm uh, deeply honored that you thought the work that we do is important to showcase and uh, and i really hope that you know more people listen to it and understand uh, you know the challenges that air pollution really uh, uh, puts forward for all of us as, as, a, as a society yeah thank you and with that it's a wrap on an insightful conversation i hope you enjoyed the show you can find out more about karthik's research and his work by checking the website of cew that is www.cwew.in i would like to hear what you feel about the mission junior podcast you can leave a rating and write a review on the apple podcast or any other platform that you tune into you can also check the website yes the website is up and running missionjunior.com to find all the links to subscribe to the podcast blog the social media pages or even drop me a direct message from there once again that is www.missionjunior.com Two weeks from now, you will have another episode, and that one again will be related to air pollution. Want to know more? Subscribe now. So, with that, signing off. This is Mission Junior towards a zero carbon economy. Hackers. 
the modern day criminal. My name is Jack, and I'm glued to a good cybercrime story. Just listen to some of these guys. I accidentally robbed the wrong bank the last time I was in Beirut. The first time you steal a billion dollars, it's a bit of a rush. After you've kind of done this so many times, it's almost expected. Want to hear the rest of their stories and other true stories from the dark side of the internet? Go listen to the podcast, Darknet Diaries.